Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. The toughest thing about workplace coaching is a number of things. And every single manager has its own challenges from a lack of time to a large team to different types of personalities and team members. And when you think about all of these challenges, it really requires one major thing, the application of coaching conversation skills. So think about a manager who comes in and there's an employee who's disgruntled and wants to be promoted, wants to meet with the boss right away. And then you have two employees who aren't working well together. And then you have someone who you see clearly is lacking motivation And by the way, it's not even 10.30 a.m. And leaders need to have these conversations. So what is a leader to do? So think about that just for a second. All the different things that a leader faces, plus doing his or her own job, it requires skill. So now let's take the flip side. Let's think about a leader who's coaching. People are motivated. They're inspired. They're working well together. There's a constant wrap around performance because coaching is being implemented that actually saves a leader time. Now, here's the toughest thing. To become a coaching workplace practitioner, it takes two things, application and practice, which really goes to two fundamental things. What do I do and what do I say? So think about somebody who's lacking motivation. Wouldn't it be great if we just went up to him and said, Hey, get motivated if that only worked. So think about what we need to do with someone who's lacking motivation. We need to find out why they're not motivated. Are they on the wrong seat on the wrong bus? Do they not get along well with other people? Is there something going on at home? This requires conversation. It requires questioning skills. Now, I'm going to make a very bold comment. Training is not the problem. I repeat, training is not the problem. It's never been the problem. The problem with training has always been the post-training reinforcement. We need to have managers who reinforce training through coaching and mentoring. Now, the same thing holds true for managers getting trained in coaching and mentoring. It takes time. It takes practice. I started my coaching career over 35 years ago at the age of 19, coaching my first volleyball team. I look back at that experience. I coached a JV team. Here I am today at the age of 56. I'm back coaching a JV team. I had started two varsity programs. I've coached volleyball on and off. And I look back and I think I'm a much better coach. Why? Because I had people helping me. I've learned from other coaches. In recent years, I've learned from coaches half my age. 
We are always evolving. Yet if we're sitting still, we're regressing. Our employees need us. They need to know, am I doing a good job? They need to know, is there a place here for me in the future? They need to know if you're happy with their performance. The number one reason somebody quits a job today has nothing to do with the organization. It's typically their boss. Now, let me defend bosses. Sometimes it's taken out of context. Recently, I was talking to someone about exit interviews, and the things that were brought up were outlandish. Why were they outlandish? I'm not saying untrue. It's because they were never brought up before. Now, that could be on the employee's shoulders, it could be on the boss's shoulders, or a combination of both. Coaching takes practice, just like anything else. Let me give you another parallel. Let's say you've got to do a speech. And let's say your company asks you to do a speech and there's going to be a thousand people there, hypothetically. Honestly, if I came up to you and said, oh my gosh, don't worry about it. And for heaven's sake, don't practice or prepare. We need to give the same due attention that we would to a public speech to a one-on-one or a small group coaching conversation. If we do that, we will develop talented people who don't require as much management. See, often in our business, we get the objection. I don't have time. That is the most ridiculous argument when you really think about it. So let's say I have a team of 10 people and I'm so busy, I don't have time to coach my people. Now, our model, what we teach here at Progress Coaching is eight to 12 minutes per person weekly or biweekly. That's it, okay? Now, let's take that. Out of 10 people, let's say one or two people quit during that year. The workload just got heavier. We've got to rehire. We've got to interview. Is the manager really going to look at HR and say, I'm really sorry, much like coaching, I don't have time to interview. Just let me know who you get and I'll be happy. And I bet you you're laughing right now. The fact of the matter is, Coaching can actually save you time. If we have a team that is motivated, invigorated, knowing where they're going, you've had career conversations, you've inspired, you've motivated, you've brought people into the office for the good stuff, you've praised them with emails, you've copied your boss, you've sent out video thank yous, you've handwritten cards and you've sent them to the home. That's a motivated team. That's a team who will go through a wall for you. That's a team who will help other people in the team who are struggling. Training's not the problem. It's our application. It's how we apply what we learn to the people that we're managing. Let me share a quick story with you. Over 20 some years ago, I was at a recreational boating company. And I'll never forget it. And there's such a movement today to get away from the annual review. Now, I'm not against annual reviews. I don't have enough experience in it, but I know this. After an annual review, there are 364 days before the annual review. And what runs through an employee's mind is very typical. And let me share a reference to that, to this story over 20 years ago. I was walking through the company and the place was very quiet. Nobody was really talking. And it seemed really eerily quiet. 
So I went up to the person I was reporting to and I said, Tom, you know, what's going on? And he said, oh, it's our PMP days. And I said, what are PMPs? Oh, performance management plans. We're reviewing everybody's performance. It's the annual review day. And as I walked through and I peeked in people's offices, I could see people writing vigorously and in, in, in a very fast pace. And the reason they were doing that is because they were trying to get it done by the 11 a.m. deadline. And I thought to myself, wow, they're going to encapsulate and review 364 days in eight categories of evaluation for their whole team in a couple hours? It was a task. So one of the areas that they measured, I'll never forget this, was did the employee demonstrate entrepreneurship? And I thought to myself, this is crazy. These people were in a call center. They were answering phones. They were answering questions about products. I didn't really understand where there was room to apply entrepreneurship. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm all for it. And I remember asking someone in HR, I said, well, how do you guys train or facilitate people's view or understanding or application of entrepreneurship? The HR director literally looked at me and goes, I'm not sure I understand you. I said, well, you're evaluating them on entrepreneurship. There's a whole section in the annual review. I'm just wondering out of curiosity. I think that's awesome. He said, well, we don't have anything like that. I looked at him and I said, Bob, I have to ask you something. I said, forgive me. We don't know each other well. So you're evaluating people on something that they don't know anything about. And in all due respect, you have managers and leaders here who are not spending time with them, more or less spending time with them in the area of entrepreneurship, yet they're getting docked and evaluated on it. And this is literally what this gentleman said to me. That's our policy. And I'll never forget it. I just sat there and I shrugged and I walked away and I thought, I'm an employee. I would be so taken back by this. So as people left their reviews and a couple people walked by me and I'd say, hey, Trish, you know, hey, Kelly, hey, Jack, how did your review go? They just shake their heads. They said, we're being evaluated in things we've never, ever been taught or trained in. So they look dismayed. They look really upset and they should have been upset. It is unfair. So when we're coaching, coaching actually saves time. Coaching solidifies the team. Coaching builds engagement. And if we always remember the ratio of three to one, if you acknowledge people three times to one to the things they're doing well versus the things that they need to improve, you're going to have a fantastic team. You're going to have loyal, engaged employees. It's that simple. We don't do it enough. So think about that for a second. If we invest in the good things, the Gallup organization reports, people engage eight times more when we lead with the good stuff and we don't have time. Coaching actually saves time. Now, let me give a little bit of a informational promotion here. We are starting a coaching community called Coaching Enthusiast. 
It's an online platform, yet it's also going to have micro workshops every single week from generic, or I should say really specific workplace coaching challenges like time management, lack of a positive attitude, lacking motivation, career-based coaching conversations. We're going to have 12 credit union topics for our credit union customers, and we're also going to have 12 sales topics. Here's the best part. Depending on the membership level, you will also be assigned a coach and can have a quarterly up to one to two monthly coaching sessions with the certified progress coach. What are we coaching you on? Whatever you want. You get to drive the boat. Tell us your situation and we will help you through it. Yet, rest assured, training is not the problem. It's our ability as leaders to know what to do and what to say and to apply it to the workforce. If we do that and we leverage strengths and we learn questions, our teams will become stronger, more engaged, more enthused to help one another. Please check out our coaching community, The Coaching Enthusiast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.